Welcome to the Reading Aloud Podcast. A place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. And a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. I love the Reading Aloud Podcast. Yeah. And I love you. I love the Reading Aloud podcast, <laughs> and I love making this last for a while. <laughs> I mean, that was terrible. It's okay. We're keeping it. <laughs> I love that that was completely improvised. Yeah. I, I love that you do that. Then I'm like, I'd start doing something weird, and you're like, cool, let's go. Well, I do love the Reading Aloud podcast, and I love making up lyrics to songs. I love singing random things to Neho. Like, I think it, it stems from my love of musicals, um, which, it, sidebar, it surprises me how many people don't like musicals. It surprises is, me, too. Isn't that surprising? Mm-hmm. Like, I was listening to one of my favorite radio shows and the other day, and they're talking about how they hate musicals, and they don't like people singing songs about their daily life. I think that's the most amazing thing ever. Well, one of the things about musicals is that it the music is beautiful. This is the first time I've ever had this up. It's about life meets music. And so mm-hmm. it's not anything other than like expression of feeling. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're going to walk along the street, then you're going to sing a song like walking along the street, I'm walking down the street. Or if you're sad, you're going to be like, I'm walking down the street. Greg, your old Gershwin up in here. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You're I taking what you the mean. Yeah, whatever you're, you're singing in the rain. You're yeah. singing your feelings and yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, it's really amazing. And I have uber respect for the actors and actresses who can also sing and dance. I mean, that is... The epitome, I mean, that is the complete package right there of theater and drama, you know, the, that whole profession. It's really amazing. All right. So yesterday we were having a conversation as we do driving. Yes. And I was like, boy, we should really be recording this. But Neo was sleeping and the sound machine was louder than ever. Yes. Ocean sounds. Yeah, but it's more like this. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, it's true. Okay, so the conversation was, I'm having this experience postpartum, which I think includes some postpartum depression and anxiety. And I think it's also includes some like pandemic depression and anxiety. And I think it's just what happens when your life changes so drastically. It's like a readjustment period. And I will say that maybe for some who are more flexible than me, the, the, it's like, you just change. You just, you just start to adapt pretty quickly. Whereas I Mm -hmm. feel like I am struggling to adapt. Maybe I've clinging on to some old ways. And I asked you yesterday, I was like, what if we are never as happy? And really I was asking about me, but what if we are never as happy as we were before having a baby? Because we added in a responsibility, something that comes with some stress. Maybe the world isn't Mm -hmm. a safe place to raise babies. You know, I was having all these thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I was asking, honestly, like, I think I was asking sort of like a question that isn't really the question, which is, 
will I ever be happy again? Which I think is like, yeah, you you will get through this yeah. postpartum period. Yeah. But the question about like, what if this is never, I mean, our life before baby was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And for those who this is their first season listening, you know, we have recorded while on sabbatical in other countries. We've traveled to a lot of places and we've done a lot of things, lots and lots of things. We tend to take advantage of life and seize opportunities. And yeah, so- we were always the folks where like, you know, the friend across the country was like, y'all should come visit. And we were like, great, we will buy plane tickets. We'll be there in two weeks. Right. You know, here we go. Or when friends said, you know, last minute, hey, want to float down the river? It's like, Absolutely. Like the answer was almost always, yes, Yes. we'll make it work. Right. Right. Yeah. We placed priority on travel experience, adventure, fun. And we even did a podcast called Travel Bug in season, what, one or two? Mm, I think it was one, but... Yeah. It was all about how we managed to do that and how we budgeted for it. Yeah. And I'll just say like one of the things that I really love about you is your fearlessness in asking these questions. And you have a a unique, really special ability to have the strength and courage to verbalize things that I'm guessing, but I believe that a lot of people are actually thinking. And a lot of people are having these thoughts, but they're very vulnerable thoughts to have. Will we ever be as happy as we once were again? Did we make a mistake? Because there is such pressure to not have those thoughts. And I, I just really, really respect you for asking those questions. And when you would first ask those questions early in our relationship, I was really taken aback by them. And it was hard for me to answer. Because it's hard to let yourself go to that place. It's hard to let yourself actually acknowledge that those thoughts are real. But I have also learned that you ask those questions not in a way of regret or in a way of negativity. You ask those questions simply because it's an acknowledgement of a thought that's occurring. And so why not explore that? Why not actually explore what that answer looks like instead of just burying it underneath, glossing over, and going about like everything's okay? Because unless you process that emotion... Unless you really work it and and work to create a healthier relationship with it through understanding and through empathy, that can build over time. And so I just really respect and appreciate you asking those questions. And And I will say one last thing and then you can jump in. I have also learned that you ask those questions not necessarily because you believe them to be true, but because you're having that emotion or thought in real time. And so let's just ask it. And I think people get really nervous that if they ask the question or acknowledge it, this is my sense, that then they're going to find out one way or another that the answer is no, you're not, you know, like the answer is no, you're not going to be happy again. You know, like they don't want to know the answer because they're afraid of it. And so I would say that my experience in asking the question is that we always come to a new understanding and one that doesn't actually leave us feeling hopeless and that the hopelessness is before the conversation. Like I get nervous or anxious or I worry that something has gone wrong and we're, you know, it's never going to be okay. But that after the conversation, I always feel settled. So it actually has always worked 
to open up a difficult conversation. And even if the answers are sometimes hard to hear, I find that having had the conversation leads to a deeper sense of either acceptance or I start to, at that point, begin to explore, okay, well, what's a new way forward then? Yeah, right. So you you asked this question, and I think we're somewhat paraphrasing here and just saying, have we had our happiest days? And I actually responded with a sports analogy. So I love sports. I'm not your typical sports fan. I don't actually watch a lot, but I love following the storylines of sports, and I love the competitive nature, and I, I love watching people perform at such a high level. And I think real quick, can I tell you that I love this about you because it's different than anybody I've ever dated. And it's I hate to gender it, but it's kind of like a dude thing. It's a dude thing. And not 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 completely there. But it it, it kind of feeds like this, this part of me that's like, that's my my man. (laughs) Right. Because not many other aspects of me feed that. No. Well, at least he watches football, Grandma. <laughs> oh, no. it's that I would never find myself in relationship with like a super manly man like that, and so it's kind of cool. I may do it while I'm knitting a blanket, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying, do you? Touchdown! How's my needlepoint? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I, I totally know what you're saying. I answered this question with the sports analogy. What I said was, we go through life just like a, a sports franchise where they have like a championship window. And what that means is you have the right formula or you have the right collection of people, your coach, your players, your whatever is needed right now. Your division is weak, you know, or something like that uh, in professional sports. You have this window of time where you could possibly win a championship. And winning a championship is very, very, very difficult. People that do it often are called dynasties. I mean, they're studied. There's movies you know, made about them and everything. And so that championship window, and I do believe that there are certain times in your life where you have kind of these, I'll call them championship windows. And it doesn't mean that only those times in life are good because we all know, and sports fans know, you have a huge amount of fun watching your team. Every win is special, whether that's the only win of the season, every touchdown or every home run is special, whether or not your team is good or not. You have wonderful exciting moments every year but there are certain times in life that are kind of these recipes if you will formulas where you have an ability to really seize it and I believe that when we met and in those first let's call it five years that was a championship window for us and we really seized it we won if you will I mean we we traveled we prioritized uh, fun experiences we started a podcast you you launched your own business we did all these cool things we were able to look at each other for more than five minutes without having to turn away and look at a baby we deepened our connection both physically emotionally we were really living life to its fullest for us, what that meant for us. And it's going to mean different things for different people. But what that meant for us, we were living our lives to our fullest. We were seizing upon that championship window. That window fades. And as it does in sports, you know, your star player ages or somebody gets traded or the coach takes another job, whatever. But even though you might not be in a quote unquote championship window, living this ultimate life, what doesn't fade is the culture, the structure the foundation of that program or organization, and in this case, the relationship. 
Because when you have that, even when you move out of a championship window, you still have that and you begin that kind of rebuilding process. And you're still enjoying whatever you're doing. But as you're rebuilding and as you're growing up to your next window of opportunity, that happens so much quicker because you have a a winning mentality, a winning culture. You have a strong, supportive environment. What was most helpful for me yesterday was when you were talking about this rebuild time, because I know that in sports, you're not going to win every single year all the time and that people rise to the top periodically. But I had never really thought about it like that. Like they're always still playing the game. They're always, they show up every season to play the game. And sometimes they go through years and years and years of not being that great. And then sometimes they rise to the top. And when you started talking about it as the rebuild period, like when the star player ages out or the coach changed, you know, takes another job and things like that. I was like, oh, like it really clicked for me, babe. It was like, oh, we're in a rebuild period. But that doesn't mean for whatever reason, my brain was going to, it's it's over, like everything's over over. and we're never going to have that again. And I definitely don't want to live that way. I don't want to feel that way. And I can't imagine living out the rest of my life. We have so much great life to live feeling like, uh, you know, I don't ever want to be that person that's like, oh, those days, because I don't feel that way about any other part of my life. I don't look back on other parts of my life and think, oh, those were the best days. Oh, those were, it's like, I choose to live happily in this moment. Exactly. That's awesome to hear that that's what you took away because, so it's, it's a sense that like rebuild is not actually that a bad time. It's not the same as being as winning a championship, but it's not also a bad time. It's exciting. You're looking forward to things. You're putting things in place that you know in a couple years or in a whatever time period are going to bear fruit. And you're going to be able, when that next window comes, you're going to be able to capitalize on that. For me, the important part is that fa- is the foundational element. And that no matter what, no matter if you feel like you're winning or losing, no matter if you feel like you're overwhelmed or you have spaciousness in your life, you have a foundational element which you draw off of and you constantly and you you feed into because that is your base. I think even as you're saying that, I'm thinking about like it, it to me, it puts a framework around my championship moments in my life. And I get really, really down when things don't go well, especially when it's an extended period of time or when I, or another way of putting it is when I don't feel a sense of mastery for an extended period of time. And you, you know, starting your own business. So starting my own business, I felt years of the rebuild. And I remember saying after being in business for myself for a couple of years, I was like, I just didn't know it would be this hard. Like I came in with an idea that had been generating for so many years. And this is very similar to our fertility story, an idea mm-hmm. that had been generating for years. We we felt like even though we were experiencing infertility, which you know, as we talked about on season two, you can listen to our whole fertility series with so much grief and so disappointing and so much doubt in our lives. And we also acknowledged that it gave us a lot of time to continue to build the foundation of our relationship. And I feel 
similarly in my business that all those years I'm building, 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 not seeing the fruits right away and thinking, but I started this with a great idea. I started this with an idea based on years of feedback from people about their personal style and how I dressed and how I reflected their personal style and supported them in finding the best style. And to be a fashion consultant and a therapist, it took years of building. And I, I mean, had you given me, is it a metaphor or an analogy? It's a I metaphor. Think it's an analogy. Mm, I think we need to look this up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would say it's an analogy because you're you're comparing an analogy is a comparison right a metaphor is like a metaphor um a metaphor is like a uh, what the word like illusion is coming to my mind but it's not it's not that it's um Mm -hmm. imagery um a metaphor is like an image like imagine a tree standing on a top of a hill and yeah or like the, the tree standing on the top of a hill is a metaphor for me standing on top of a of of my challenge you know Mm -hmm. the tree growing in a windswept thing is like a metaphor for me you know sustaining okay cool cool our our grammar folks out there are going to be giggling right now well grammar folks just can giggle all they want i'm glad i provide a lot of entertainment for them in kentucky we learned the three r's reading writing and arithmetic (laughs) no Oh, I'm 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 kind of glad you said that because I feel like sometimes I want to correct you, and then you just did you just explained it all. It's all right. Now everybody understands. Now everyone understands. Okay, so that comparison with sports, I would I I don't know. I, I think this is gonna stick with me for a really long time. I think it is, and I think it's gonna help me not panic in the moment. Well, answer this. Not every sports team comes back around to have championship windows. And why don't they? Well, because Because sometimes... they have a losing culture. They have bad ownership. They have a weak foundation. They don't... They, the, but not the everybody teams, can win. Not everybody can win. But the teams that have a strong culture, a culture of... You know, and they're different. Now, this is where it might different differ in sports and relationships in some ways, but sports it's like the the winning mentality the the strong system and culture and work ethic and and the pride that comes with with on those jerseys or whatnot even when they're in a rebuilding period it won't take long for them to to be back at a at a, at a championship level um, because they're only a couple pieces away always just a couple pieces away from rebuilding that even when they have great players they still struggle because they don't have that foundation. What are our three pieces we're rebuilding right now? I think in our lives specifically, I would off the top of my head, I would say we're rebuilding our schedule slash like time management. We're rebuilding how we spend our time. You know, we're, we're rebuilding our time, the time management of our lives. I would say second, we're rebuilding how we budget and financially plan. Uh, so we're rebuilding our time, we're rebuilding our money, and maybe we're rebuilding our, our creativity. Those would be the things. The, the, our foundation is our love, our passion, our communication, our connection. Those are foundational elements, in my opinion, of our relationship. 
but we're rebuilding the, the time management, the, the financial piece, the, the creative piece, the energetic piece. Those are things that fluctuate. Well, it's interesting because I had asked you for a feedback session, which if people know about that from previous episodes, we talk about when we first met because we fell in love quick and we decided we wanted to get married very quickly. And we said, okay, if we're going to do all this this fast, we need to put some intention into building our foundation. And we started these weekly feedback sessions. That's one reason. And the other is because it helps to push pause in a heated moment and save it for another time, but not just throw it under the rug, but to actually readdress it when things aren't as hot. So that was the other reason. And I asked you for a feedback session because I, I I think this is a time, this is falls into the time category, but I wanted to talk about when and where we get our quality time and, and if we wanted to do something about it instead of just catch it when we can. And I think that I wasn't sure if either the feedback session or my ask in the feedback session would be more foundational. But maybe you're right. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not fundamental. It's it's the that we know we want the quality time. It's it's a time management thing. So, I would say Yeah, what what would yours be? Yeah. I don't know that money was going to be mine cuz I guess that just seemed so obvious to me that of course we'd have to be rebudgeting, but I think you're right about time management. Somebody said this once, and I, I just have thought about it a million times. I probably said it on the podcast already before this season, but I thought I was going to be me with a baby on my hip. I, d- I didn't know how much was going to change. And I don't know why I thought that he would fold into those spaces. You know, when before he came, especially because we had prepared for so many years, we had been trying for so many years, I felt like we just kept carving out time and there would be days like weekends where we would just be laying around for hours and I would think this is where a baby like this space that we've created right here this this kind of space of doing nothing this is when we would be hanging out with our baby this is when we would be going to the park with our baby this is when we would be feeding our baby there was so much free time And in addition to all the things that we did. And so I thought that when the baby came, the baby would fill up that time and it would even everything out. But the baby takes up so much more time. I would have gone more in the direction of communication. And I do think this is back to my quality time thing. Like how how do we connect? In what ways do we connect? And I had a girlfriend, she said her third baby. And she said to me, she was like, When we had our first baby, it was like a year. I was sure that we were not going to have a second one because it was so, it was such a hard adjustment. Our lives are so upside down. And then after about a a year, we settled into it. And after that, we decided that we would try for a second baby. She was like, and then we, each one of us basically got to manage one of them. And she said, and now that we have our third baby, we're literally just ships in the night. I want to reorganize our time. Is everything come back to time? Our, our like how we relate to each other because I am so used to relating to you the way we're relating right now on the podcast. Long, deep conversations with lots of thinking and pondering. And mm-hmm. we just don't get that, which is why I am so grateful for this podcast. Sounds like the word that's coming up for me that you're maybe or maybe not wanting to use is connection. Yes. Mm-hmm. Connection might not necessarily mean time it might just mean like looking at how we're connecting in this new 
time, you know, new, new, different world that we have now yeah. that we have a baby. Yeah, I do. That is true. I, I mean, this conversation is really helpful to me. I mean, the conversation we had in the car was really helpful. And this continuation of it is really helpful because I don't know why I was getting so down. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like everything looked like it was too hard. That's where I was at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is, we're, we're fucked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say like you're talking about the friend of ours who uh, now has three kids. I've also heard them mention that one of their favorite movies is Family Stone. And those scenes where all these kids, you know, all the kids come in for Christmas and are like, you know, rolling up and like the house is chaos and crowded and everybody's chatting and like making food and it's just this hustle and bustle. And they were like... I want that. And so depends on maybe what your championship vision is. And if that's their championship vision, this is a type of rebuild that they need to go through to be able to reach that. And maybe our championship vision's a little different. So she she's like, it's crazy. It's chaotic all the time. She says, but it's a joyful chaos. Yeah. 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 I think that part of, again, I, I bring it back to like the foundation piece and, and, a, and a rebuild doesn't have to be sad, if you will, or it doesn't have to be terrible because it, it has its own inspiration. I know from watching teams that I enjoy watching when they're in a rebuild period, you know, when you start to see those glimmers, when you get the big recruit, when you win the game that you weren't supposed to win, those are really exciting things. And each new year, you're like, yeah, we're going to do it this year. And sometimes you have a year setback, but like each year you're slowly making gains and you're building this, you know, organization or program that's set up for that. And that's an exciting time. You, you might not be the best, but you're proud of who you are. This is really uh, like, I mean, I, I don't know if this is just happening on the right day. Like if you were talking to me when I was feeling more blue, if I'd be like, whatever, you know, that sounds very familiar to yeah, whatever, you know, whatever. like just can't hear it. But I, really I don't f- know what you're saying right now. <laughs> is that what I say? Yeah, you'll say something to that effect. That doesn't make any sense to me. Can you just go fill up Bubba for me? <laughs> Which is your water bottle. But today, that feels really hopeful. That's how I thought I would see it. I'm like, everybody knows that the starting point of baby and life is hard. That's how I thought I would feel. It's like, okay, we're just going to make it through the next couple of years of sleeplessness and craziness. And, you know, it's very expensive. Daycare is really expensive before you get them into public school. It's like, there's a lot that happens up front, a lot of work that happens up front. And I, I, I have struggled to lean into that and see it as a short, long-term problem. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, a lot of what we're talking about here is perspective. It's like running. Yeah. It's like running, but I'm doing it. I did it in my business. I'm now doing it with a kid and you are going to teach me how to run. Yeah. Exactly. And it's a lot of it is perspective. What is your state of being while you're going through that rebuild? And you have taught me so much about really embracing, not burying the difficulty. I think that that is something I personally have struggled with. And I think that that's also one of the ways in which you do a really good rebuild, right? Is like you acknowledge what's hard. You acknowledge where your weaknesses are. You acknowledge what's not working 
And you either, you know, you work to address those, you work to fix those holes, and you work through them. Don't just focus on, well, our team stinks, but we got a really good point guard, but we don't have everybody on our team is only, you know, four foot tall. (laughs) But the point that we can dribble, (laughs) you know, we can dribble and let's just focus on that. And there's a balance there, but like, oh, we need to get taller to win the basketball game or whatnot. And I think that's the same. Like we need to, during these periods, we we focus on areas that we need to improve on and we also build upon what's working. Mm -hmm. And by doing both those things uh, in concert together will put us ahead of schedule. Mm -hmm. Whatever that freaking schedule is. That's a weird term for that, but... No, no, that's what it means. It means, it means... Because people tell you, oh, by the time the kid's this old, becomes no, this, I, I and actually then it gets think, hard again, and then it... You know, right, no, right. and I actually think that that's where we, that's where we have lived, is a little bit ahead of schedule. We're really doing a lot in our lives to bring about a lot of joy and excitement and passion. And we, we are, you know, it's what we have together, babe. And it creates something really momentous. And so I've been missing that. And maybe we're just on schedule for a while, but it definitely will feel good when we're back in our championship window. Wonderful. I'm super excited about that. Thank you. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.